Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Council Radio. So I do apologize. It has been a while, and I did uh, say back, uh, I believe, last episode that, um, you know, we are going to try to get some more episodes out. Uh, things just, again, hectic uh, with my new position at work. Um, but fortunately, uh, I'm pretty much all done with that. Uh, I only have a couple small things left to do at my station um, to get it tip-top shape. Uh, so now I can start, uh, you know, doing shows quite a bit more often as long as I can get uh, another host or two to jump on with me. Um, so what we're going to actually try to do is give you guys a little more uh, quantity. Um, I would I would say, you know, quantity over quality, but the quality is still going to be there. It's just going to be shorter episodes and not... Uh, and not from here on out, just for the next however many. Uh, so what we're going to do for this show, if you haven't seen it already in the title, we're going to just go over Hero Box 3 for Night's Watch that was leaked. Um, so we're going to try to crank out a handful more uh, um, uh, shows where we're just talking about individual Hero Boxes. Um, Units, because obviously units are just like a singular thing with an attachment, those will still bundle together once we get a little more of those leaked um, and can make a show out of it. But as far as the hero boxes, uh, between all the tactics cards and whatnot, there's plenty to talk, uh, to talk about to make a, at least a decent uh, length show. Um, so that's what we're going to do here tonight or today, depending on where you're at. Um, so... Uh, and then also with that said, you know, definitely, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned because we do still have four hero boxes, um, or Sarah hero boxes, uh, four starters to give away. Uh, I can't promise I'm going to be giving all of them away, like one right after the other. But, you know, with having so many, uh, I definitely want to start getting some more uh, giveaways out there. Uh, so stay tuned. I just... Uh, shipped out the Baratheon one and the uh, the card pack uh, to the winner we had uh, for the last show. Um, we have we still have Free Folk, Night's Watch, Targaryen, and the new Lannisters all sealed and with the card packs. So um, so again, stay tuned for that. You know, I want to give back to you guys the best I can. I want to grow this community and just, you know, kind of spread the wealth a little bit. Um, so with that said, uh, I have not forgotten about the rest of the, um, updates for the 2022, the, um, uh, the drop that they had, the, uh, cause I believe we only covered about half of it. Uh, I actually need to go back to that episode and listen to see what we covered already. Cause I don't know. The OCD in me wants to make sure I cover it all, even if it has been out for a bit. Because um, I still want to get my thoughts out there and see what you guys think, see if you agree or not. And then another show that I definitely need to work with Spencer on is talking about the team tournament at AdeptCon. Because that tournament was awesome, uh, and I feel like it would be a disservice to uh, um, not only the game itself but uh, and AdeptCon, but mostly Marty uh, for having... Uh, ran that event and did such an amazing job. So that is still on the agenda. So stay tu tuned for those. Um, so I mean, that's probably two episodes there. And then there's a bunch of hero boxes and some that are probably going to be leaked, I'm assuming, soon. Uh, 
you know, if these ones were already leaked, you know, the Baratheon uh, 3 and 4, uh, that's my guess. Um, so stay tuned for a lot of content coming out. And like I said, I want to just start hammering out all these topics, even if it means a little bit shorter of a show, but more shows for you. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. But with that said, I want to uh, thank my co-host, Brett, for coming on uh, to speak about the amazing Night's Watch. Oh, yeah, no problem. Just a little disclaimer. Per usual, my sound quality is probably going to be crap. I am currently driving. I've got to go pick Eris up from preschool, so it's going to be probably not the greatest sound quality that I've had, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll push through it. There's going to probably be some highway sounds and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think at this point everyone just kind of knows you for that. They're like, who's Brett? Oh, it's, it's that guy, you know, where, when you can hear the uh, traffic in the background. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah, the traffic, um, uh, backup alarms from semis, people tapping <laughs> on my window and asking me for help at work, any of the above, children screaming, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I'm a yep. multitasker, so whatever, I, whatever <laughs> I've got going on in my life, you're a part of it with me. So we're all in this together. Yeah, because, I mean, you only got so much time in the day, so it's it's better to kind of make use of all that little, if you'd call it downtime, uh, that, you know, give you an excuse to kind of get away from the craziness a little bit. But um, so with that said, we're going to jump into Night's Watch Hero Box 3. Uh, there's a lot to go over. I'm going to save the commanders for last. So we're going to go over the attachments uh, and NCUs. Um, so, first up, we'll go over the attachments. First one I want to talk about is Satin. She has two different versions, both of which uh, allows her to ignore the attachment restrictions for, uh, um, for the unit she's in. They're both one point. Um, the first one is uh, just sim- uh, simply gives the unit Dauntless. So each time this unit passes a morale test, it restores one wound. Uh, now, I want to say face value, that doesn't seem like a lot, um, you know, for one point. But I feel like in Night's Watch, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, you know, their morale is really good across the board with ways to increase it and make it better. Um, you can kind of do uh, the heal and deal if you combined her with, uh, I think it's... Uh, that Alistair um, one point yeah. attachment. Yep. Who gives Alistair stubborn tenacity and iron resolve. Go ahead. Yeah, so it's pretty hot. You beat me to it. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that was where <laughs> that would be a pretty interesting place to put. Is Satin a girl? See, I don't know my lore. Uh, let's see. It says it says brave recruit. So I don't know. Um, I have only uh, listened through book three, and I don't okay. recall her ever being mentioned up to that point. But I'm assuming there, well, there's that... No, uh, there's no girls allowed in the Night's Watch, right? Yeah, so if it says recruit, it must be uh, a guy. I'm not sure. Um, so <laughs> they are... <laughs> um, they are, I'm assuming, in book four or five. Uh, Because I don't recall that name at all. But 
Okay. Uh, either way, yeah, it's, I think uh, Dauntless, uh, and some might say, you know, that's two points, but, you know, you put that in some Sworn Brothers who have that offensive potential, but now have this heal and deal uh, mechanic at a four-up morale with minus one to the uh, damage to the morale, uh, it, it can get pretty crazy because, you know, Sworn Brothers hit pretty hard, and so they don't really need an offensive boost. Um, giving them that super defensive boost, now you've turned this unit into something your opponent really can't ignore. Um, you know, they're going to constantly be rolling seven plus dice, uh, usually, um, especially if you're healing and dealing, um, and uh, with re-rolls and vulnerable and sundering and all the different tricks of Night's Watch. So um, I've played against Satin twice, fortunately, um, got really lucky and uh, killed her before she ever triggered, and she was in that combo. Um, <laughs> it just so happened, you know, got that one miracle charge off, killed like half the unit, she triggered like once, and then I it was able to kill the unit off um, with some combos. But but she has a lot of potential. Uh, what, about you, what about you, Brett? Any other uh, potential with her other than Alistair? Yeah, I, I think I think Alistair is the is a pretty obvious play. So if you think about the whole package for two points, you're getting iron results. So you've got panic resistance, you've got stubborn tenacity to do some wounds, and then you're combining Dauntless in there as well. I think another kind of interesting spot would be Lord Snow, because you could war cry and heal yourself, uh, plus put tokens out. That's a three point combination. Is it better than a watch captain? Probably not overall, but it's a different role, I guess, so it would be interesting. I I kind of, I, I like Reckless Heroism. I think it's a cool ability. I kind of wish Lord Snow had something besides Reckless Heroism. Um, like if he had Boldness and Courage, he would be perfect in crossbows, but I'm not going to spend a bunch of time wasting, you know, wish listing and all of that. But that said, I think... Satin mixed with Lord Snow, is that, it's actually pretty nice because you're potentially going to war cry four or five times uh, throughout the game, assuming you're likely to pass it at morale five. So if you kind of look at it that way, then just by using war cry, you've healed four or five plus every panic test. Now, why I think Satin is just phenomenal um, having Dauntless is because Nightwatch has so many ways to shoot into combat and force their own panic test kind of at will. So you've got awful NCU, which um, I've played that synergy. I actually picked it up from Bob, uh, Bob Omer, um, firing into Alistair's combat with awful just to get off the stubborn tenacity is really nice. Uh, you've got ranger hunters who can fire after they retreat or maneuver. You've got ranger trackers who are a bargain at six points. And if you go the route of running crossbows, just to have something long range. So essentially you've got three Night's Watch units, not counting War Machine, that can fire into a combat. If you count War Machine, that's five ranged combat units, six with Othel off of the tactics board. So really, really good. A um, lot of ways to kind of heal on command, which is a, a synergy that I actually really like. I like when I can take an ability that's already cool and I can kind of take control of it and build around it. I like um, 
I'm not the only person that thought of this, but, you know, Solis and Shireen paired with uh, the uh, Stagnite Noble in a list that has Melisandre, in a list that has range, you know, you're able to double up on that stubborn tenacity. So it's cool, little subtle combos like that that, that make things really interesting. And obviously, you know, when people know that it's coming, they can kind of try to avoid it, but sometimes you just can't avoid that. And it's just like it, it hits you in the mouth a lot harder than what you think it will. And I think that's going to be sad. I think, I think some people will balk at it and say, oh, it's just Dauntless. It's just healing one. They're going to charge into you and do so much damage. What's healing one wound matter? In this version of the game, healing one and two at a time, just little chip damage, just bringing that unit from six to seven to where they survive that attack for one more round. Or in the case of Night's Watch, if you survive until the end of the round and you can aim on bomb, it's like those little one point heals at a time are really, really adding up, and I think it's super cool. I love that. There's been many cases where I've built a list, and it's like, well, I just have I have one point, you know, and I, I've got two NCUs that I can pick, and I've got nine points, so I don't really want to run Othel, or I don't really want to run Tycho, but I guess I will, because instead of running Bowen Marsh, who is well, who I want to run, I'm going to spend the five points. Now I've got that one little extra point. I'm going to throw Satin somewhere. I don't really care where I throw him. So that's, that's how I'm looking at it. I've been in that spot where it's like now I've got something to do with that one point. I guess that's it. I, I think... It, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, like I, like I mentioned with some of the synergies, you can run the Oppel NCU as a cheap heal, run some Ranger Hunters in tandem to get the cheap heal, uh, run crossbows or, or whatever you want to do. Ranger Trackers are good. I just see so many ways that you can, that you can force those morale tests on yourself and, and heal. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, there's a lot of potential with uh, the Dauntless. Um, especially when you're uh, not having to use up your slot for it. Um, you know, a, a good point is that uh, you bring up for a different combo is the Stagnite Noble. A lot of people, you know, they like the potential of the Stagnite Noble at two points, but they just feel that there's no great spot for them. But I think, uh, you know, Satin plus Alistair, is two points, so same as the Stagnite Noble, and you're just trading uh, Dauntless for Go Down Fighting, and in a faction that has better options for all those things. So um, if you're on the fence, like if, let's say if you play multiple factions, if you're on the fence about a Stagnite Noble and Baratheons, Satin plus Alistair is like, you know, kind of what... You know, I think a lot of Baratheon players wish that their uh, Stagnite Noble was. Um, all right, and then the other Satin, uh, Commander Steward, uh, just gives, uh, for one point, gives the innate ability, so you can't take it away, Commander's Vassal. Uh, this model counts as your commander when it uh, its unit is being targeted by tactics cards. So there is a big old debate. Um, uh, most people kind of align with, I think, what's a, uh, you know, because rules is written versus intended. So we'll hopefully get a FAQ somewhere down the line about it, or maybe even just like uh, a clarification. Um, 
uh, for now uh, from CMON before we, uh, you know, because I know the next FAQ probably isn't going to come for a little bit. Um, but that uh, whole thing is that, uh, for example, if uh, the it came with uh, it came up with uh, Victorian and Newt because Newt has uh, Vassal for Victorian. Uh, Victorian has uh, assault orders, and then if Victorian is targeted by uh, the card, they get a free charge instead of an attack. Well, if you replace a zone with the card, the card targets the zone, and then the zone is targeting the unit, and the vassal only says if they're targeted by tactics cards. So that's kind of where the whole thing comes in. But uh, I know it's hard to say, obviously, the intent was this or that, but never really know what the intent is, even if, like, a lot of people kind of think, well, you know, it doesn't, you know, that would be the obvious conclusion, but we'll have to wait and see. With that said, if you go by rules as written, I think that lessens her value at one point quite a bit, but I still think there's a lot of potential there. Um, and we'll... Uh, I'll let you, uh, I'll get your thought in a second, Brett. But we'll go over to more specifics as we run into uh, the commander uh, cards at the end of the show. But what's your thoughts uh, initially about this version? Well, even if you even if you assume that that doesn't work with um, Cotter Pike, which is kind of seems to mostly be the consensus. Um, I mean, again, we'll have to wait on that, but. Um, there's a couple of places where it's it's still relatively interesting. Um, you know, uh, John Snow's card. Uh, so if you play It Shall Not End Until My Death on uh, Satin's unit as well, you'll get the plus two dice. If you play Stand United Brother on Satin's unit, you'll get the plus two free heal. Um, and then... Why am I drawing such a blank? For the watch doesn't need Jon Snow. So uh, so there's those two. That's a pretty strong benefit for, you know, again, if you've got the point and you're running Jon Snow, it's probably worth doing the vassal just for the 2-3 from Stand United and just for the uh, plus 2 attack dice if you die from It Shall Not End. Pretty strong when Jon plays It Shall Not End on himself. Even if he doesn't stay alive, just getting that extra free attack. It's pretty nice. It's kind of similar to a last stand where you have the kicker that you can potentially stay alive. Alistair, I know he's not a super popular commander, but for a pathetic attempt, they would get, I think, panicked. And then for seeing their flaws, um, I'm pretty sure the cards attached to the enemy unit, and when they're attacked by Alistair's unit, I would, it, it, it's another one not super clear, but I think Satin's unit would count uh, to make them lose all abilities. So there's some merit to taking Alistair just for that card with the current state of the meta. Um, sometimes the defensive abilities, um, I don't want to say over the top or overpowered because I really like this new defensive meta. I like that you can run offense or defense, and they both work, whereas before it was tipped largely in favor of offense. But if you're playing against, like, Free Folk or you're playing against, you know, Greyjoys who have the Asha Trappers, or if you're playing against something that has Disrupt Counter-Strike, um, you know, Agile Disrupt, looking at you, Starks, 
you know, things like this, it's nice to be able to ignore those abilities. If you've got two units that can ignore those abilities, you've got a pretty good chance to get rid of that unit because a lot of times the units that have these types of defensive abilities have very average defense saves or worse. Uh, for example, Asha strictly uh, leaning into that disrupt to get her through. Um, she would be, you know, on a six-plus defense if you're attacking her with Alistair's unit and you wouldn't have the minus one to hit. Um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought with that. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, I think, see, I don't know. There's some of these little wording things, and I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and have someone be like, Brett's talking out of his ass, and he's wrong. I'm in my car, so I don't have the assets <laughs> to look at them. But uh, So if Vassal says that you count as the commander's unit when you're being targeted by tactics cards, so in an awful list, yep. Right. So in an awful list, when you play his attack cards, you would get the builder bonus because you count as awful who is a builder. Would you? That's how uh, I would see it, right? I I would have to say no, but I would say you, do you just count, you I just think count it for should. his name. Yeah. So you're, I would say so it, as it's written, it just counts as his name. So it wouldn't correct. give you the builder benefit. So I think it's something. But I think it should. This could be a case where their intent is is not being, you know, fully put out there. Because I, I think if the intent is for you to count as your commander, just to, effectively just to count as the commander, not just when being targeted for tactics cards, I think Boeing here, and I don't know, of course, but I think maybe Vassal was originally worded as when targeted by tactics cards, because if they strictly put counts as the commander for all purposes, then they would be able to score double in the old game mode. And like in Clash of Kings, they'd be able to get the bonus. But I don't know how much I hate it if they would get the bonus in Clash of Kings. Now that double scoring is off the table, it would be a very simple fix to just cross that line off and just say this this unit counts as the commander unit. You know, and then then there's no question. Then it works for assault orders. Then it works for, you know, awful. If you're playing in an awful list, you would count as a builder. If you're playing, there's surely somewhere else it's going to come up, and you would count as the affiliation. Uh, that would be the simplest so, way to do it. And I'm not, I'm not sure I, that it would be crazy or overpowered. I think right now, the vassal just probably. I mean, maybe in the Jon Snow list, as I mentioned. Other than that, I just don't see vassal getting a lot of play until it's made more clear. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it'd be a simple fix if you just change it to say, uh, counts as your commander for all non-mission effects. Um, and then you can add another heart that says uh, commanders, uh, I don't know, something. Or it basically would be another heart that says, this attachment gains the affiliation of your commander. And I think one point for all that would be, um, you know, fair, you know, because let's say, for example, Newt. Uh, granted, Newt doesn't ignore attachment restrictions, but still, Newt gives you motivated by coin, furious charge, and vassal for one point. You're looking at Satin, who's giving you just vassal, ignoring restrictions, for one point. I think adding in that uh, accounting for the affiliation part and then rewording the whole vassal part, as I just mentioned, I think would be a really nice uh, balance for that. But 
you know, we'll have to see. Um, again, we'll have to see for like an FAQ what their intent was and what it was, how it was meant to be played. I still think that there's plenty of uh, play with her uh, or him um, uh, with the current um, way, even if it does uh, doesn't work with certain things at the moment. Um, so we'll have to see. Uh, all right. Going on to Cotter Pike. Uh, let me just double check. One point attachment. Uh, he gives furious charge. Um, so uh, successful charges makes the enemy vulnerable. And reckless heroism. Uh, so for those that don't know this ability, this is an order when this unit performs a charge action. Before resolving that action, they can, this unit suffers D3 wounds and counts as rolling a 6 for any charge distance dice. Now, I want to say, at first I thought this wasn't very worth it, but I think it, I just have John on the brain, because John's two points. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, two points for this, but it's only one point. I think... Uh, a lot of people undervalue the potential of uh, reckless heroism. An auto six means you don't have to even roll. Combined with the furious charge, meaning you're getting that vulnerable on the charge. Um, and, uh, um, you know, because you don't have to roll, it, it really, um, you can combine it with, uh, what's it called, uh, watcher on the wall. So, uh, I think a key unit he's going to be in is Hunters. You put him in Hunters. They're an eight-point unit. Um, that And if you can get Watcher on the Wall, is now a seven-inch move unit. Um, you could even throw, heck, half-hand on him, make him an eight-inch movement, and with the Reckless Heroism, giving him a potential 14-inch uh, charge um, and Furious Charge, and then... They have Swift Strike, correct? Ranger Hunters? Yes, they have Swift Strike. Yes. Okay, so, yeah, so now you're getting this auto charge with a vulnerable Swift Striking to then retreat and then shoot. Um, and on average, you're only taking two wounds from that reckless heroism. So a uh, lot of potential. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's pretty solid. Um, I see, I, I see what you're saying with the Ranger Hunters. It could be cool to put him in Sworn Brothers in a Lord Snow in a John Snow list. Uh, so you've got John Snow in whatever unit. John Snow normally lives in Hunters. I like him in Sworn Brothers too. But nonetheless, you put Cotter Pike in a unit of Sworn Brothers. You get full to watch on them. They can charge for six inches for free off of the horse. They're guaranteed to get their rerolls unless you cross hindering, of course, but uh, you won't be disorderly. So you're getting probably rerolls with the thundering and all that jazz. You still haven't activated, so when you attack the second time, then you spend that Sworn Brother order to get your rerolls and you're vulnerable. That's a lot of damage coming from that unit. They're vulnerable when they're charged as well, so you're vulnerable both times. Pretty gross. Yep. Yeah, so. I'm not saying he's like some auto include amazing in any unit, but I think uh I think he's gonna be one of the he's he's gonna be probably the sleeper of a lot of the options in the hero box. Um, especially if you run uh Cotter Pike 
for one point, and, and you can find the points to run him at one point and then also John at two points. Two reckless heroisms is can be pivotal against uh, like a cavalry like Dothraki. You know, a lot of those like cav lists, you know, with the lance or just the alpha strike, I'll say, really um, hinge on being able to get that alpha strike off on Night's Watch to get you know, kind of get a head start in the fight because um, uh, Night's Watch just have such good attrition. But you throw that he- uh, reckless heroism on two spots on the board and you can really throw your opponent off their game. Uh, if you can get two, you know, they're going to have to play super reserved, putting them on basically their back foot because, like, if it's the alpha strike type of list, they need to get in your face. They need to get this, you know, damage done but knowing that you have a uh, 11 inch or more threat range depending on what unit both are in on two different units that you can put on two different sides of the board uh, I think it could be pretty devastating um, so we'll have to kind of see how it plays out uh, my nephew is actually going to be coming over shortly after the show and he uh, he wants to try out some of the hero box for Night's Watch so I'm curious to see what he's going to bring all right, so next up we have Edison Toilet. That's what I'm going to call him, and uh, that is final. <laughs> um, he is... Oh, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, it's uh, Toilet. I'll, I'll say Toilet. Um, but he has, uh, he is, let me just double check, two points. His ability is innate, so you cannot take it away. Um, and it's similar to to kind of like a Stark vibe um, in the sense that uh, the ability is Gallows Humor. While this unit has at least one destroyed rank, it may never be targeted by enemy orders, tactics, tactics cards, or be influenced by enemy NCUs. And while it has only one remaining rank, its melee attacks gain plus one to hit. Um, two points is hefty, but I'm going to say don't pass over on this guy because these abilities are really good. Not only that, he's similar in the sense of uh, Jojen. Jojen is a two-pointer that has an innate ability um, that does a bunch of cool stuff. And really, Jojen uh, is another kind of like underdog, in my opinion. He's not meant for every unit. He's not meant in every situation. But you run him in the right unit, in the right combo, and you build it to be a specific way, and you kind of like uh, adapt your play style or your, uh, your game plan, I should say, to having him in there. And he's really going to show his two points. And I, I think I haven't played at, uh, with him yet, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that Edison is going to be similar in that sense. Oh, uh, you caught you might be a... just in time. I was, I was taking a step from preschool, so there's a little bit of a, you got to kind of go through some steps of preschool, so. Um, You're good. Remi- remind me one more time, one more time for everyone listening, what does he do again? <laughs> He is a two-point uh, attachment that has an innate ability that you can't take away. 
that while this unit has at least one destroyed rank, it may never be targeted by enemy orders, tactics cards, or influenced by enemy NCUs. And while it only has one remaining rank, its melee attacks gain plus one to hit. So I'm assuming they both stack. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. Yes. So um, one destroyed rank can't be targeted by enemy tactics cards or NCUs, right? Or orders. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah he's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's... I don't know. And plus one to hit at last rank. Right. So for me personally, it's going to be tough. Um, So at that two point, you're looking at the previously mentioned combo of Alistair slash Satin. You're looking at Lord Snow, who also opens up the three point evasion. Um, And you're treading very close to a watch captain. So I think he's good. And I think if he was one point, maybe he would be too good. I think once you get into the two-point territory, though, it starts to get a little bit tough, um, particularly for Night's Watch, who can't really necessarily bite cheap activations uh, that have a lot of wounds anyway. You can. Ghost is three points. Cold Hands is four points. Watch Marshal's four points, but they're all low wound. Um, So... You're, you're kind of looking at watch captain territory, and maybe that's like, you know, watch captain is a little bit of a crutch. Um, I don't run a watch captain in both lists personally. I don't know that I could squeeze Edison in there. I think he's cool. He might be one of those things where you don't see him super often, but when you do and your list is depending on cards and orders, like I'm looking at, you know, a Lannister supremacy type of list, you might kind of get boned. <laughs> like It's just one of those things, like, he won't be around all the time, but if you do play against him and your list is built a certain way, you're going to feel very oppressed by him, right? So yeah. not that he's crazy or overpowered or anything. He's not. He's definitely not. But there's going to be certain builds that are just like, man, I just can't do anything to this unit, and I wish that my opponent hadn't taken him. You know, it's going to be... And that probably means that he's in a good spot, right? Because you don't... Yeah. If something is so good that it's in every list, or if even if it's in half of the list or 60% of the list, then it's, it's something that's really strong, right? So you have to kind of evaluate, like, because of what it'll do to other attachments. When, when attachments are so strong like Asha, Captain of the Grey Wind, that they just completely push other one-pointers out and they push other versions of that person out, right? Then you're looking at, like, man, is this too good, you know? So it's just one of those things. I, th- I think he's pretty fair and he's in a good spot. If It's just one of those – it might be meta, you know? But like, if your local meta runs a crap ton of Lannister supremacy and you're just struggling to deal with it, you plug him in there. And now the Lannister player is bad, you know? So it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to really call it until I see, you know, and with new new stuff churning out all the time and becoming like the new crazy popular thing, he might have a place, you know, in a lot of lists if orders keep coming out that are crazy good. And I think uh, uh, something to 
keep in mind is also um, he is, you know, a one of obviously being a character. So uh, I think like if you could like run a bunch of him, then it could get pretty oppressive. Uh, granted, it's a bunch of two point. It would be a bunch of two pointers at that point. But um, but I think like your example, like Lannister supremacy, having it like not work on one unit. I don't think would be too crazy. Um, you know, they would just have to plan for that, you know, as long as obviously they know what Edison does before the game starts, they'll be able to plan for that. So I think, I think you're right that it's really going to, it's going to be more of like a niche, like sort of uh, build that you're going to want to do with Edison. I think maybe he'd be a lot more tempting if let's say um, he automatically started with uh, the unit can't be targeted by tactics cards, let's say, uh, by enemy tactics cards, and then he gets the orders and the NCU influence part uh, at one rank destroyed and then the plus one hit at uh, last rank. So that way, because this almost feels like the, like the old Umber champion, how he just didn't give you anything uh, to start off with. And so no one ever ran him because you had to basically get hurt first before he ever started being active in his ability. So I think maybe if one of those three things that they get uh, after losing a rank, they just got to start with, I think would be huge. And I think he would be way more uh, like attractive of, a, of an option. But uh, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm still kind of excited to play with them as is. And, you know, this is just kind of first impression. So I know we're kind of every now and then throwing out a what if. But, you know, it's always, uh, it's always hard to tell until you kind of get it on the table and you start messing around with it. Um, all right. So last attachment we have uh, is Yorin, a uh, harsh recruiter. He is basically a watch recruiter but a little better. He has two points. Uh, he gives the insight and the reinforcements, the same that the watch recruiter gives for one point. So basically you're paying one point because he also adds uh, intimidating presence. Uh, enemies engaged with the unit suffer uh, minus one to morale tests and suffer plus one wound and feeling panic tests. Um, I, think, uh, I think he's fair. You know, the watch recruiters, it's hard and not, in my opinion, not fair to compare Yorin to the Watch Recruiter, even though that's the easiest thing to compare him to. And that's because, in my opinion, the Watch Recruiter is a little too good for one point. Uh, and I think Yorin is right there fair for uh, two points. Um, so uh, in that intimidating presence, uh, they've been uh, sneaking a lot of, like, panic stuff into Night's Watch, and I think, you know, this being in there is just awesome. Uh, it kind of gives this little sneaky uh, panic damage uh, that you're not expecting from a Night's Watch list that you can kind of sneak in there between Yorin and I believe uh, Cold Hands uh, has Intimidating Presence. Um, and not the solo, but the attachment. Um, and then... Uh, uh, there's a couple other things. There's a, a handful of vicious you can throw out there, especially you know Yorn with that insight, so he can get that intimidating presence and vicious combined. Uh, so I really like Yorn. Two points is a little hefty, but I think it's it's fair. What do you think, Brett? He's very worth two points. 
um, when we're talking about uh, when we talk about a place to stick satin. Again, I know it would be three points, but if you if you stick satin in with yarn and you're running Oppo NCU, uh, you can do some pretty nasty swings there. Um, because well, you've got the watch recruiter healing already. Then you've got Satin to heal when you need him to. And then you've got Intimidating Presence and the Vicious. So uh, you're going to be probably causing some failed panic tests. But I look at Othelin CU, who is already a pretty popular choice, but when you can fire off of the crown into a combat with, uh, with Yorin, then they're taking their panic test at negative three you're still likely to pass your panic test and heal, but they're very likely to fail theirs. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think this box has, because I, I play Night's Watch, right? So it's one of those things, like, when, when you play Night's Watch, you're depending on raw damage to get you through, right? Because for the most part, there's not much that's adding any kind of panic game. But this adds panic game, but what's important is it adds panic game, and it has something that is very desirable for Night's Watch as well, which is the healing. So I see him as a very, very cool attachment. He's definitely worth working into your list because he's got the healing that you need because your units are expensive. You've got the potential to add satin. I know that's three points. People are going to say it's not worth it, but that's that's kind of a lot of self-healing there. And you've got the synergy with Oppel going to the crown anyway, uh, which makes the the healing from... Uh, from the watch captain ability reinforcements or whatever it is, then it's going up to two because you own the crown and presumably you passed your panic test with Ockel's shot and satin healed one. So that's, I mean, that's a whole Amon heal right there. Amon at last rank heal, which people complain about, but you just healed three very easily just with your unit's own abilities. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, really like Yorn, um, just as a character, so I was kind of happy when I saw saw how useful he uh, he looks like he's going to be. All right, jumping over to the NCUs. They were given two NCUs with this hero box. First one is Sir Denny's Malister. I think I'm saying that right. Honorable Brother. Uh, he is four points, and his ability is Time May Yet Come. He's an influence uh, while influencing a friendly unit. If that unit began the turn engaged, each time it performs a melee attack, before rolling attack dice, choose one. If this unit has only one remaining rank, you gain both instead. Uh, the options are this unit rolls its highest attack die value, or one enemy engaged with this unit gains one condition token. Um, I think... Uh, this isn't like the best four pointer ever, but I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. But uh, before I steal the spotlight again, I've been meaning to let uh, Brett kind of take it away. What do you think of of uh, Malister? You're not stealing any spotlight away. You're fine. Um, <laughs> it works really well. I mean, I can follow up and either fully agree with you, or I can add my own take. Um, <laughs> I you, you I I just shoved a bite of a hamburger in my mouth. So if you want to go ahead, I'll uh, I'll follow up after you. It's no problem. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, so I like him a lot. Um, 
again, he's not going to be like my first choice at four points, but uh, with um, with Nightwatch having so many five and six pointers uh, options, um, it's nice to see another four pointer, especially if you need to save on points and you just you want something different. Uh, again, I think he has a lot of potential. The fact that uh, you know you can almost always guarantee that you're going to have highest attack die value or you can just continuously throw out a certain token that you need. Um, I mean, you could uh, be running that uh, combo with uh, Yorin and, you know, you could be continuously throwing out panic tokens to make sure they feel that uh, vicious uh, minus three plus one damage panic and taking possibly four wounds uh, if you make them re-roll the damage to make sure to kind of get that three on the D3. Or just continuously attack first and weaken your opponent so that they can't attack back properly. Uh, I think he has a lot of potential. And the highest attack that I think, you know, early game, you're going to see that condition token being picked first. And then more uh, late game, you're going to see that highest attack die value, and then obviously if you're at last rank, you're going to get both. Um, so uh, my nephew's used uh, him like twice now against me, and uh, I definitely uh, I, I think he's a fair and a strong uh, four-pointer. What do you think, Brett? Yep, I think he's really good. Um, he's got synergy with any unit with a watch captain because – you can charge and then presumably follow it up with another attack, uh, at which point they'll get a condition token on them. Oddly, not 100% sure that this guy wants to be in Ranger Hunters, or he wants to be influencing Ranger Hunters. Ranger Hunters have the tendency to pinball out very quickly. This guy seems like he's more for a grindy unit like Sworn Brothers or Veterans. Uh, veterans in particular because you want veterans to get into a grind. You want veterans to get into a slugfest. You can attack with veterans. They're not necessarily there to push a crap ton of damage, so you don't necessarily need to go for the vulnerable token with veterans. You put a weakened on your opponent. If you're, if you're influencing veterans with him and you're grinding, like I almost want to say it doesn't matter what you're grinding. Um, there's some units, yeah, they're going to be able to get through even when they're weakened and they have disrupt. But for the most part, a lot of offensive units are not going to have the resources to do anything to veterans with disrupt, counter-strike, and a weakened token on them. They're, they're going to literally just beat the crap out of themselves. Or they're going to get out of that engagement, which is oftentimes what you want from veterans. You want them to just hold that point and be that unit that your opponent can't deal with. And I think running him in a list that has that is really, really strong. Yeah, I I think that combo, uh, he has so many, he has a lot of application. <clears throat> I was even thinking Sworn Brothers because uh, it wants you to start the turn engage to get his effect. So Sworn Brothers, because of their martial training, kind of want to sit in combat and continuously take advantage of the fact that more often than not, your opponent is not going to get rerolls. You are, and you're going to get that vulnerable. So being able to influence Sworn Brothers will allow you to um, use that martial training, make them vulnerable, and if you need to push that extra damage, you can make them panicked, or 
if uh, if you don't if you're more looking for more attrition because let's say they're not about to die and you don't need to push that extra damage yet, you can then weaken them. Uh, you know, really making them suffer in that attrition battle. Um, so I think uh, you know he has. I think Vets and Swan Brothers are going to be like the two key targets um, for uh, for him. That's not to say you definitely can't uh, find some other cool combos or things, especially you know you you add attachments in there and it's a whole other ball game of you know of where you might want to put him. But, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think he he's pretty flexible. Um, you will have to keep an eye out for that start the turn engage part. I think uh, it'll throw a lot of people off at first because um, not often you you see that as an influence. Um, more so you see that as, like, your tactics cards and whatnot. So just something to keep an eye out for. But I have, a, have uh, high hopes for, uh, for Malister. All right, so uh, Yorin, six-point NCU. Uh, he has the ability Recruitment. Each time Yorin claims his zone, before resolving that zone's effect, place one order token on him. Each time Yorn claims the crown, you may replace that zone's effect with place one order token on Yorn. Each time Yorn claims a zone, you may replace that zone's effect with remove four order tokens from Yorn. If you do, deploy one conscript unit fully within long of a friendly table edge. Uh, so basically your deployment zone uh, as, you know, for for now, there might be some missions out there where you have multiple ta uh, friendly table edges. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of be back and forth with uh, Yorn. Some people are like, this is insane, this is stupid. Some people are like, eh, I don't think I'd ever use him because by the time the conscripts get out, it's basically the game's half over or almost over. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle. I think he's going to be very similar to, like, Balon uh, NCU for Greyjoys. Uh, you're going to see some cool builds, like some cool lists that revolve around Yorin, kind of like how Balon revolves around uh, the three-point Victarion who has... Uh, um, uh, why am I uh, mixing up that the name of that order? Relentless. Relentless? Relentless. Yeah. Re yes, Relentless. <laughs> Relentless. So, um, so you're going to see some things revolve around that. For me personally, uh, I'm not like a nice watch player per se. Like I play all the factions, but uh, the one thing I'm excited to kind of play Yorin with is uh, um, Yorin and uh, what should we call it? Uh, and run more of like a super elite um, nice watch list. You know, because once you get that conscript out there you can, you know, you're getting that extra activation for the remainder of the game. allows you to um, really focus and hone in your points to more of an elite-style Night's Watch so you don't have to run any conscripts or cold hands or a marshal or ghost. You just straight up run these beefy, scary units that your opponent uh, isn't going to want to deal with. And then Yorin though you're going to have to deal with a handful of rounds where 
you're going to be out activated, uh, you're going to eventually be able to, you know, narrow that gap or even it up uh, by the time you get this uh, this free conscript out there, which, you know, by that time, you're going to have a bunch of units probably with some damage in there. Um, and so I would probably pair him with Amon, just because if I'm going elite, I want to make sure those elite units aren't going to somehow get wombo comboed and blow up because, you know, it can happen to the best of your units. Uh, so you put Amon, and then now you have this conscript come in from the backfield, long range. So you're probably going to be in range of uh, long range for your aura for the uh, supply aid. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm super excited to try out Yorin. Have not been able to yet. Um, I, a lot of my games are against uh, my nephew or Spencer, and Spencer uh, um, plays my nephew a lot as well, so I try not to, you know, <laughs> play a bunch of Night's Watch uh, against Spencer since he already has to deal with it uh, with my nephew. So um, so I'm excited to kind of get Night's Watch on the table and try Yorin out. Uh, what about you, Brett? How are you feeling about him? Yeah, he's, he's another case of it's going to be – I don't think he's going to be in every list, which means he's in a pretty good spot. He's going to be one of those guys where your opponent feels Yorn and you're like, shit, I wish my opponent didn't have Yorn. And, you know, most, a lot of the time you're not going to see him, but I think eventually he might be one of those guys that just keeps getting uh, my poor, poor, poor defenseless, innocent Night's Watch. They just keep getting smashed by this community just saying how much they hate them and I just don't understand why people hate my Night Watch so much. I think he's gonna be another <laughs> he's just gonna be another catalyst for people to complain about. They're gonna uh, probably I think people who already dislike Night Watch, like this is just gonna be another nail in the the coffin where they're just trying to bury Night's Watch with their hateful words. But <laughs> you know, he brings on a unit of conflict. I think he's good. If you play, if you're not playing against uh, Lannisters who have Intrigue and Subterfuge to stop him um, or Mance to kind of deter him with diplomacy, he's probably bringing conscripts in round three. All you have to do is claim the crown once in the first two rounds, and he's bringing conscripts in round three. So you're essentially looking at six points. He's bringing two activations by round three is how I look at it. Conscripts are very, very good. You don't want to pay five points for conscripts. Pay six points for an NCU who gives you five-point conscripts for free in round three. It's costing you two zones, sure, but, like, that's, you know, you think of something like Windermere. He gets rid of two zones, and he gives you four heal, four, a healing, four wounds, and two tactics cards. This guy gets, you know, sacrifices two zones, and he gives you a damn unit of conscripts who bring so much healing, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, he's really he good. Six points, um, Windermere's only four, so I think, uh, I know, but he, he's bringing, but fair. Windermere's not bringing you, Brent, Windermere's not bringing you an activation, or, well, that's what I mean, though, the amount he's, of you're paying concept. for it. Mm-hmm. No, I think he's, I think he's fair, I just think there's going to be a lot of people, you know, they play against him, and it's like, they're going to do just like what you said, you know, it's going to be like, uh, Yorin, and then it, it's going to be three or so elite units, and then maybe they'll run cold hands, but they're not running a bunch of cheap activations. And then the conscripts are going to come on, and they're going to be like, dang, I was starting to get somewhere, 
And now I'm back to beating my head on the wall because now there's these damn conscripts that came out of nowhere that are just healing all of the damage that I've done back. It's, I think he's good. He's cool. I really hope I get to see him out there being played. It, it might take a little, it might take a little time, but definitely there's some pretty cool stuff that you can do. And if you're running Malister, as we already mentioned in that grindy style, you're never getting through me. I'm weakening you. When you finally do get through me, my free conscripts are healing. Yeah, I can see the meta being like, I hate this guy. So, we'll keep <laughs> Well, yeah, and I can see, uh, you, I mean, if you go first, uh, if you get the pick to go first or second, you go first. You know, your very first action, your own crown, get to, uh, an extra uh, token. And now start a round two. Um, you can really force their hand if I'm doing my math right. So if you take two... Um, and then two, and then round three, you're at, uh, six, because round three, you'll get to go first again and take the crown. Um, or no, you'd only get five, because you'd obviously want to, am I doing that right? Yeah, so round three, so round two, if you take the crown, you'll have two. Round two, or sorry, round one, you take the crown, you have two. Round two, you take the crown, you have two, that's four. And then round three, you're going to get one, so you'll be at five. And you're not going to want to take the crown. You're going to want to bring in that conscript, so you won't be able to get that sixth point. You'll spend four of them, puts you at one point remaining, uh, and that's round three. Yeah, so I think um, it's possible to get two uh, conscripts, but um, you're working so much for it for a uh, a very low probability, and then well, a good chance that the second one's not coming in till round six, anyways. So, I would say really just bank on the one as soon as you can, and then just play the game, play the taxes board the way that benefits you the best. After that, um, um, I would say he's definitely got some hard counters, like you're saying, intrigue and subterfuge. Um, Olena could really screw him over. Um, so it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, in my opinion, fair. The fact that, uh, he's so much like potential to be so good, but he does have those, uh, handful of hard counters. Cause obviously turning his effect off is, is huge. You know, that's, basically a whole another round that the conscripts have to wait to come on. And then I believe uh, we'll talk about it in another show, but I believe does uh it's one of the new Lannister uh guys, uh is it Tommen? Fealty and bribery. Nope. Okay. So no one brings back intrigue and subterfuge, which is good. <laughs> so uh that I can think of. Um, sorry, lost my train of thought. So yeah, I absolutely cannot nothing, wait nothing, to, nothing to try him out. There's nothing. Okay, that good. Brings back Not even like a commander card, neutral. Nothing. No. Nope. Okay. Nothing. Good. Because intrigue and subterfuge is uh, 
a fair card, but if you could loop it in any way, it would be broken. <laughs> um, uh, so that wraps up all the uh, attachments and NCUs. We'll jump over to the last part, which is the two commander options. Uh, we'll start with Sir Denny's Malister, uh, Shadow uh, Tower Commander. Commander attachment gives knightly vow after deployment, target one enemy uh, unit while attacking or charging that enemy uh, with this unit uh, with their melee attacks, gain plus one to hit, and they can reroll any charge distance dice, and has dutiful command, uh, commander. If this is a Night's Watch unit, after deployment, you may search your deck for one tempered by duty tactics card and attach it to this unit and then shuffle your tactics deck. So we'll start with that card um, first since it calls it out as his ability. Uh, tempered by duty is start of a friendly turn. Target one friendly nice watch unit and attach this card to them till the end of the game. Um, so you basically filter your deck for one, get it attached right away uh, to his unit, which will give, while attached, each time this unit activates. One enemy is engaged with gains one condition token plus one condition token for each of the unit's destroyed ranks. Uh, of this unit's destroyed ranks. So, super good. Um, I would almost venture to say that possibly too good. <laughs> Could be. Um, because even just giving two of the three tokens every time you just simply activate um, by having one rank gone could be pretty insane, especially because he starts with that. But granted, that is one of his abilities. Uh, and his other ability, uh, Knightly Vow, is so-so, um, especially if you're out activated and you have to deploy first and you end up... Granted, it's, uh, it's after deployment, so I guess it's not like it used to be where you'd pick before deployment and then they just deploy it far away but um, I don't know we'll have to see uh, we'll see how that goes I'm going to read them all off and then I'll get uh, get your thoughts uh, on all the cards Brett um, Combat Prowless is his next card um, I believe the same as Roderick uh, Commander for the Starks when an enemy is targeted by an ability or tactics card, you may expend one condition token from that enemy. If you do, cancel the effect of that ability or tactics card. Or a different uh, effect that you can choose, um, start of a friendly turn, target one enemy, uh, target one engaged friendly combat unit, remove one condition token from that unit. And then lastly, adaptive methods. Start of any turn, replace one condition, condition token on any one unit with any other condition token. If you control the male, you may remove one condition token from one unit, or sorry, you may move one condition token from one unit to any other unit. So I would say, uh, you know, even though tempered by duty, seems like it could be a little nuts and combat prowess is really good anytime you can cancel the effects of an ability or tactics card it's really strong adaptive methods strong card but it's not like crazy out there good and then uh sir denny's uh abilities are just decent so i would say if like you were to grade it on an average based on all the cards and his ability uh he's uh, he's a strong uh fair uh commander uh what's your thoughts brett 
Well, I think he's cool. He he definitely adds some things for Night's Watch that they don't normally just have. Uh, he adds a little bit of control. It's not a ton of control, but he does add some control. And, uh, yeah, it's that token play. I mean, I know you can do the trackers with the watch marshal attachments to be able to get weakened in panic tokens, but unless you're doing Ruth NCU or you're spending those two points on Warcry, you've got vulnerable, which is nice. Vulnerable tokens are really good, but Nightwatch really doesn't have a ton of ways to get weakened tokens. So he's bringing something to Nightwatch that they don't already have, which in my opinion is always a great recipe for a commander. A lot of times commanders that just double down on what you already do like, they're still good and strong, but I think it's more nice when you can round off a faction. That's, in my opinion, what makes Mance, one of the reasons Mance is such a strong choice, because he takes what free folk can't do, and then he gives them that, and then he kind of completes and rounds them off. So I think you might find that Malister does that for Night's Watch. Is it enough for, I'll run him, would I run him where I was wanting to win a tournament over John and Donald? Maybe, probably not. Will I run him? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to run him. I'm going to run him. I'm going to play him. I think he's fun. I think he's cool. Maybe he ends up being really good. I mean, that's how I landed on Donald Noy was by running him, you know, instead of John Hoffel. I was like, I really like Donald. So um, nonetheless, that's, I think he's cool. I think he's I think he's good and I think he's strong. I think you said it. He's fair. There's nothing crazy over the top. I don't think well, I across my fingers hope we'll ever see a commander like what Othel did for Night's Watch with all of the synergies that were going on. So if you're looking for something that's just ridiculous or crazy, I think you're gonna see less and less of that. But I, I think he's cool. I think he's I think he's good and I think he's strong and he gives he gives us boys in the night's watch some some flexible options i like him i think he rewards good play as well um knowing you know knowing win conditions knowing uh activation priority knowing what you can live through what you can't live through what your opponent can do to you and waiting that activation out with that tempered that tempered card and and getting the most out of that card is going to be strong and getting the most out of adaptive methods is going to be strong and that comes from player experience so I'll say maybe he's – I think he could be really strong when played by a veteran of this game, for sure. Yeah, and I think you could really go, like, full tilt into, like, the token play. You know, if you start running a bunch of attachments and just other other things that throw out tokens, you could really flood your opponent with so many tokens. They're not going to know what yeah, to do you with just themselves. Run, you run – you run Ruth NCU and you run Awful NCU. Awful NCU off of the swords can put a weakened token. Ruth can put a panic token. He doesn't even have to claim his own. So you could... John. Yeah. Warcry. Yeah, John with Warcry. Yep. So you don't... I mean, I don't think you build lists for like, oh, I might play a secret mission and I might get that mission for the two tokens. That's. <laughs> you don't build a list specifically for that. You build a list that has synergies. And if that mission comes up and you happen to have Warcry, you're happy. You're not going to sit and say, like, well, I'm definitely running this. Play that secret mission. But, but <laughs> like, it is a thing. You know, there's, there's merit to it. It's a pretty good 
secret mission that comes up, and sometimes scoring two off of that mission is what you need to close the game out. And a lot of times, you know, it, you cover up the money bag and then you do your tokens, and your opponent really has no counterplay because we can't force you to expend those tokens. Um, we we can't make you do it. So, <laughs> be funny if you could I, I you know, know, charge I in know the old- and then force yourself to reroll. <laughs> Yeah, I know in the old the old game where having all three condition tokens, was it worth three or was it two? I think it used to be worth three. Nonetheless, it was uh, at least I think two so. if you had – I think it was three if you had all three condition tokens on you. But it was definitely yep. at least two. But we're kind of treading backwards. But there were times playing in the, that old version of the game, because I'm pretty sure it was three. I would straight, like, kill my unit. Like – uh, I either lose this unit <laughs> and you don't get three points or you're not going to extend these tokens. You're going to score three. Yeah. I'm running over these stakes. So uh, <laughs> uh, you're not getting three points. Yep. All right. So on to the last part of this show, the last commander, Cotter Pike, East watch commander, his uh, commander attachment has reckless heroism order and then fueled by slaughter. Um, so basically counteracting most, if not all, of whatever damage you take from the reckless heroism. Um, so super strong right right there off the bat. Um, first card he has is reckless strikes. When a friendly unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, this uh, attack gains critical blow and precision. The attacker then suffers one wound for each attack die roll of one. Um, if this targets Cotter Pike's unit, uh, the attack rolls its highest attack die value. Create uh, a great combo with Amon on the free attack. You attack, play this card, get all those effects on some Sworn Brothers. So now they have Sundering, Precision, Critical Blow. Uh, use, uh, you can't use their order yet, but... Now they have all those effects, and whatever ones you roll, you then choose Amon to heal after the zone and heal them back up. Um, then he has Assault Orders. When a friendly NCU claims a zone, replace that zone's effect with one friendly combat unit performs one melee attack action. Uh, if this targets Cotter Pike's unit, may perform a charge action instead. Uh, great card. Uh, I was... You know, wondering when Night's Watch was probably going to get an assault orders uh, between all their commanders. Um, and then his last card, which I think is the nuttiest one out there, um, just the potential of it is insane, and that is Pike's Aggression. After a friendly unit completes a melee attack, so that's after you roll your dice, they do the defense dice, they do their panic test, then this unit performs one melee attack using its lowest attack die value, and this attack does not trigger a panic test. After completing this attack, the attacker suffers two hits, plus one hit for each hit it rolled during that attack. Um, If you really want something dead, uh, you have, uh, let's say, um, a watch captain in a unit for that boldness and courage, say Sworn Brothers, now they're at eight dice. You put half hand on them. They're at nine dice. You put sword in the darkness. They're at ten dice. 
You have a watch marshal within six inches. They're at 11 dice. They now attack um, uh, with 11 dice. And then the next attack, though it's at lowest dice value at four dice, it's still at plus four dice uh, from half-hand sword, uh, half-hand sword, martial, and um, the other thing that I just mentioned. Anyways, plus four dice, and so now you're at still eight dice. Granted, you're going to take a bunch of hits back, but, um, I mean, the unit's probably super dead. <laughs> uh, and especially if you do take, uh, again, you can take Amon on the sword, do this attack, take whatever damage you're going to take from the hits back to you. Uh, let's say eight dice, you hit with six of them. So you're going to take six plus the two back. You're taking eight back, uh, four up saves. You're taking four wounds. And then Amon heals most of it back. Uh, like some of the potential with this card is uh, is going to be insane, especially with uh, ranger hunters. Uh, after a friendly, you complete some melee attack, so you're going to charge in, do your attack, complete it, panic test, do another attack, lowest dice, plus all the extra hit, uh, attack dice if you have them on them, then swift strike, go uh, retreat, and then shoot. I mean, I just don't see how anything other than, most, than the most defensive things in the game survive that. Uh, so I'm a little worried about this card. The potential of it seems a little nutty uh, because of Night's Watch's ability to have so many extra attack dice. If they didn't, lowest attack die value, so at four extra dice, uh, not a big deal, especially because there's no panic test on the second attack. But it's just the potential of it. So we'll have to see. Um, you know, I don't think it's like super doom and gloom, like it's a for sure thing, but just error, error, erring on the side of caution, throwing it out there that it's a, a potential thing I'm worried about. So we'll see. Uh, Brett, what's, what's your thoughts about Cotter Pike in overall, but then also the aggression? Overall, everything. Uh, I'm definitely going to give him a shake. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a try. I'm going to try him. I might even run Sam and Bowen Marsh in the same list just to get my card combos that I want in hand. I'm going to run him and I am going to make it a point to kill as many free folk raiders as I can in one round. It's like playing a game. Like, How many can I kill? I want to set a new high score. I blew up four free folk raiders in one round. It's really cool. No, I think he's really strong. Score is think, still one to zero. <laughs> yeah, I still, I still lose the game. I killed, I killed so many free folk raiders and I still lost. That sucks. But no, uh, I think he's definitely. I think he's very strong in Sworn Brothers. Um, I know Ranger Hunters are tempting. Those hits might start to add up with bad dice. Um, you can ignore it a little bit better with the plus one defense you'll get from Sworn Brothers. But, uh, no, this guy is neat. Uh, I'm seeing a free charge. You're uh, using Reckless Heroism to get your rerolls. Then you play Pike Aggression to make an immediate follow-up attack. You use the Sworn Brothers order on that one. And if they live, they're probably not going to be alive long because you still haven't activated. Um, you're throwing, you can't use the Sworn Brother order and Reckless Strike at the same time, which is a good thing. Um, 
but you are still doing a ton of damage. You know, maybe you play Reckless Strikes on that first charge to get some precision when you have the rerolls, and then you use the Sworn Brothers order on the follow-up. You're going to blow some pretty elite units up. Uh, I think you could probably – it's not a guarantee, but you could blow up Slademen on that follow-up attack. Um, there's so many cool combinations that you could run there. Um, since he has the free charge card, similar to John, it's giving some strength to Malister's NCU uh, because you can do the free attack, go ahead and influence with Malister. When you make your second attack, you didn't start the turn engaged. So it's probably good that they kind of made that clear. So you couldn't use Malister on the Pike Aggression attack, but you would have him on there later, you know, if the unit somehow survives. But nonetheless, there's some cool stuff that you can do. I definitely, similar to running Roderick Harlaw with Victorian to get those filthy card combinations in hand. I definitely can see a world where Nightwatch players are doing Sam NCU and Bowen Marsh, and you're just doing everything you can to get card combinations in your hand to pull some of this dirty stuff off. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. We'll see. Um, I do think Cotter Pike himself, his attachment, having fueled by slaughter, you can do reckless heroism and Pike aggression. And there's a very good chance that you don't take any of the damage. Well, you don't keep any of the damage because you can resolve Fueled by Slaughter um, and heal after you take your hits and resolve those hits. So you'll take your hits for all of your misses, take whatever wounds you're going to take, and then you can resolve Fueled by Slaughter to heal wounds back. So I think a lot of cases it'll be a little dicey, but... A lot of cases you're going to take, you know, a couple, two or three wounds from the hits, and then you'll just heal them back to Fueled by Slaughter, and you don't care, and then your opponent's sad. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, there is a little bit of a trap with aggressive commanders um, because the tendency is to just go out there and, and charge as soon as you can, and you kind of get yourself in a situation. There are going to be cases, you know, what is dead may never die and stuff like that where you go all in thinking you're going to blow them up, and then they're still alive, and then you get countercharged, you get flank charged, you get overwhelmed. But for now, I'll say he's pretty cool. He's super aggressive, similar to John. I think John is your go-to really aggressive commander. Uh, he could challenge John for that spot, so that will be pretty cool to see. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see uh, his potential. Again, you know, I throw – throw it out there that I'm a little worried about Pike aggression, but we'll have to wait and see, you know. Um, it's too early to tell, um, and who knows, the, the crazy combo, wombo combo might be, like, so hard to pull off that it, it might happen, and it's cool when it does, but it's so unreliable that you can't really bring it to high competitive, uh, you know, um, tournaments and to go off. So we'll see. Um, Overall, super excited for this hero box. I mean, I'm excited for all of them. Uh, hero boxes are always my favorite thing to see come out because it just adds so much extra variety to your games, um, way more than any one unit ever will, in my opinion. Um, so I can't wait for, for them to you know finally get over here in the U.S. I, um, I already have them pre-ordered uh, through my... Um, local shop. Not that like they're on pre-order through CMON, but I just say, hey, these should be coming soon. 
order them for me. So that's what I mean by pre-order. Um, and uh, you know, can't wait to uh, can't wait to get into them. Um, next episode, probably Lannisters, but we'll see. Lannisters, I'm super excited to talk about. Um, probably have you on again, Brett, uh, if we can work out a date, because I know you like your Lannisters as well. Um, and then probably Starks after that. Uh, so, with that said, um, ending out the show, I also want to remind everyone we do this show live, so we encourage you to call in, uh, give us your thoughts. We want to hear what, uh, what you're thinking what, um, and uh, you know, your thoughts on the topic at hand. Um, you know, any shout-outs you might have, if you, even if you just want to simply call in and shout-out, like, let's say, your tournament or your local group. You know, you, let's say you're looking for people in your area and, you know, you haven't been able to get a hold of anyone on, let's say, Facebook or wherever. Because sometimes you'll make a post on Facebook and it gets buried in the feed and then the people that might have responded to it just never see it. Um, so if you want to shout out your uh, local group and or tournament, uh, local tournament, um, you know, just hop on and, you know, I definitely don't mind uh, shout-outs of any kind, really, uh, you know, as long as they're uh, ice and fire related. Um, so uh, with that said, thank you, uh, Brett, for coming on. I appreciate uh, your time, especially on your busy day. you got a lot going on. Um, uh, did you have any uh, shout-outs you wanted to do? Um, I don't think I have anything in particular coming up or, or anything to go over. Just the the same as always, content creators and, uh, you know, liking, subscribing, and supporting everybody who's doing their work for the community. Yep, I'll second that. Um, you know, not only us, you know, if the best way to show your support for us, just like, follow us uh, on and share our show out on any platform that uh, you listen to us on or that you're on. Um, and then even all the other content creators out there, you know, show them some love, uh, give them a subscribe. And uh, if you're in the position to uh, show your uh, a little extra support by their, uh, whether or not they have a Patreon or a subscribe star, um, just check those out. Um, and then I also want to shout out uh, Gamer Gamer Haven. Uh, they have their national qualifier event on May 21st. It's a Saturday, I believe the third Saturday of the month. Um, I think you have to go on to songoficefirestats.com to register. Uh, it's a $20 entry fee. It is still a qualifier event, so there's going to be some some uh, uh, how to put it, some really talented players. But with that said, it is still going to have kind of a, a newer player element to it. Uh, there's supposed to be uh, a lot of newer players in the crowd. Um, so probably what I'm doing when I go, you know, kind of tipping my hand a bit. But um, uh, I'll probably have one kind of more semi-competitive list and then one, you know, super competitive depending on if I'm facing that newer player or um, uh, or a more veteran player that I'm going to have to bring my A game for. So uh, if you are available for that one, um, they are, I always forget, they're in, it's, uh, ga uh, Gamers Haven is in Ohio, uh, I want to say near Cleveland. Uh, is, do you remember, Brett? Is that uh, correct? 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to Cleveland, yep. Okay, so, uh, or you could just Google Gamers Haven, uh, uh, and that it should come up with the address on there. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that one. I will be going to that, and I believe uh, Spencer is trying to work out work it out so that he's going as well. So you'll be able to see us there. I believe Bob and uh, Chris uh, from Chris from uh, Sunday Slaughter will both also be there. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they both confirmed that they'd be there. So a lot of awesome people uh, to to meet up with. You know, I'd like to meet up with you guys. So. Definitely, uh, you know, try to keep the the, the date free, and uh, I hope to see you there. With that said, this is the Small Council Radio, and it is dismissed. <laughs>